All right, welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, we wanted to do uh, basically a national championship wrap-up edition. Um, got Calvin Hartman with me here. Calvin. What's going on, everybody? Steve Young, one of my former vaulters who jumps for RIT here. Hello. Um, he's really good with introductions. So uh, where should we get started? Um, let me just go through, I guess... Let's about go, Division One Nationals. Division right? One. All yeah. right, let's go Division One Nationals. Um, on the guys' side, uh, just so everybody knows, kind of like the the top eight, the All Americans. We have Chris Nielsen, who was seated first going into it. He won nationals with an eighteen eight and a quarter jump, uh, five meters seventy. Uh, and I apologize for everybody if I mispronounce anybody's names. Uh, Audie Wyatt. Um, he had a five fifty five jump, eighteen two and a half for second. Um, Matt Ludwig from Akron. Oh, by the yeah, Chris Nielsen. Sorry, got to go back. Chris Nielsen from South Dakota. He's the winner, national champ at eighteen eight and a quarter. He's also he's only a freshman, guys. Um, he actually set the I think he set the outdoor national record for high school boys, which probably going to get broken, but we'll talk we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Audie Wyatt from Texas A and M jumped eighteen two and a quarter, five fifty five. Matt Ludwig from Akron jumped 550, 18 feet, half inch. Um, Tim Earhart from Michigan State also jumped 550. Adrian Vallis from Cincinnati, 545, 17, 10 and a half, uh, got fifth. Torben Leidig got sixth from Virginia Tech at 545, 17, 10 and a half. Seventh was Nate Richards from Notre Dame, 17, 10 and a half. And then eighth, Trey Oates from Samford got 17, 10 and a half. That rounds out the All-Americans. And kind of a shocker, Deacon Voles, who's ranked second going in um, with a best of, give me one second. His best was 566, which is like 18.5-ish. Um, he actually did not get All-American. He got 10 uh, with a 17, 10 and a half jump, so he must have had a rough day. Um, but that, those are your marks going in on the guy's side. Um, nothing too crazy there other than Deacon kind of missing out on All-American, which, you know, you, you always feel bad for guys like that who end up uh, jumping a little bit below and, and missing out on All-American going into a big meet like that. Um, but Chris Nielsen showing that he, 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 he's got great potential, and he had a great, great attempt at 19 feet, actually, that he just missed. Um, well, he's a freshman. I mean, he's going to be yeah. around for a while. Yeah. is a lot of time to improve. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, so that good, good showing there. I mean, that, that's a pretty competitive national championship there. Um, then we're going to look at the girls' side, talk about that. Um, now, big shocker, the weak sisters are going in, top-ranked girls, and Victoria Weeks, Tori Weeks, she ended up with fifth with a 14-1 and a quarter jump, and she had a 15-plus jump going into the meet. So that was a little bit of a shocker there. Um, Lexi, Lexi Weeks jumped 13-9 and a quarter, also has a 15-plus jump and a PR, and you know ends up with 13-9 and a quarter. She gets seventh, so she still gets All-American. Um, 
Our winner in National Champion Division One is Lakin Taylor from Alabama and jumps 14.7 and a quarter. Then you have Annie Rhodes of Baylor with 14.7 and a quarter. These are uh, both 4.45 jumps. Then Olivia Groover from Kentucky, who is seated third going in, jumps 4.40, 14.5 and a quarter, uh, gets third. Lucy Bryan, uh, Bryan uh, got fourth from Akron. She's 14.5 and a quarter jumper, uh, 4.40. Then then Tory Weeks at fifth, like we mentioned. Desiree Fryer, you know, had a good meet. She's sixth, All-American. She jumped 430, 14-1 and a quarter. And if you remember, before the Weeks sisters broke her record, she was the high school national record holder at 14-7. Um, so she, she had a good day. Uh, seventh, Alexi Weeks, again, 39 and a quarter. And then eighth, you have the, uh, the last All-American, Elizabeth Quick, uh, with a 420 jump of 13-9 and a quarter. Um, kind of shocking you know, um, the weak sisters. Yeah, that yeah. the weak sisters kind of kind of missed out. You know, wonder what kind of happened there. But you know, that's the thing. College kids, uh, Division One nationals, anything could kind of happen, and anything kind of did happen uh, here. You know, kind of shocking. Um, I guess we should go next to USA's. Um, so now this is where it's like kind of interesting. You you look at you know USA's, you look at Division One nationals. You have Sam Kendricks one with nineteen two and a quarter. He gets first. Second place was Logan Cunningham with eighteen six and a half. So you're talking about the D one national champion jumped the se- second best height, you know, out of these national championships, um, which is interesting. And then you had Chris Pillow at eighteen six and a half and. And then we go 18-4 and, and lower uh, on, on the way down. Um, so very interesting there. You know what I mean? You, you can see where the college guys where you know, if we're talking five, ten years ago, the college guys were not really as competitive. And now you see they're kind of starting to hit those heights that the, that the post-collegiates or unattached vaulters are at USA's, which is kind of exciting. So hopefully this will kind of like keep driving all the numbers up, you know? I mean, it's exciting, but what do you think it says about post-collegiate vaulters. I mean, I just think there's not really an incentive or there's not a good network for people to continue post-collegiate. I mean, Sam Kendricks is in, in the uh, Army Reserve, or he's act- he was active yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. He hasn't jumped in a long time. And right, he right. he has shown up jumping 19-2. I mean, that's, that's great. But what does it say when our best pole vaulter, you know, is not pole vaulting year-round and doesn't have the means or, or whatever to jump all year-round, you know? He's... he's and that's great that he's serving the army. I, I appreciate that. And I think that's awesome. But I mean, what does it say that we can't have have? I think those marks would be higher. Well, okay. So you bring up an interesting point, and it was funny because I talked with a lot of people this past weekend, and one person uh, I talked to, I was at Division Three Nationals myself, and I got a chance to talk to Chris Chapel, you know, of, of UCS, and Chris himself was like a seventeen ten guy, and you know, he's had experience with Vitaly Petrov. And he's worked with uh, Tom Hayes, who's at Kansas coaching and always has a good crew. And the thing that I kind of talked about is let's look at some other sports for a minute. You can look at the powerlifting world, which I talked to, to Ed Jeskalewski about that. And you can look at UFC, right? Powerlifters don't make money. But yet those guys train their butts off to be competitive and go to these powerlifting meets and set world records and be competitive, you know? Then you look at something like UFC, right? Mixed martial arts. I mean, you think about someone like Ronda Rousey. I mean, the, the woman was practically living out of her car. She was working three different jobs with 
would train twice a day in between that, you know, had no life, would eat like a can of tuna fish a day. Right. And she and really train. worked for it. And yeah. train. Yeah. yeah. And this train. was before she made money. And you kind of look at the pole vault world. I don't know how many people are making that huge of a sacrifice. Now, you know, I remember reading Tim Mack's book, you know, who's the 2004 Olympic champion, jumped six meters. And you think about this USA field versus that USA field. I mean, you're talking about Toby is a six-meter vaulter. Tim Mack is a six-meter vaulter. You have a young Brad Walker who would eventually be a six-meter vaulter. It's very, very competitive, you know. And the thing is, reading Tim Mack's story, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was working the graveyard shift at a factory, volunteering at a high school so he'd have a place to jump, and then once or twice a month drive, I don't know, something like eight hours to go train with his college coach, Jim B. Miller. I mean, is everybody that passionate? Is everybody working that hard? And obviously, like, I don't know, but the impression that I get from a lot of people, because like you said, post-collegiate vaulting, yeah, it's tough, but we know people who give it up after they're done with college because it's like, well, you know, just go get a job and start working nine to five, you know? It's not worth it to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, the pole vaulting doesn't make money, which is why a lot of people just start just not trying all their they they don't they don't want to try their best because they know that once they did like when they do try their best they know that they're not going to get much out of it. Well, but but he and and I get what you're saying, but he, here's the thing: we talked about powerlifting as an example. There's they not really money. yeah they they don't, they don't make money, and those people keep chasing that. And then even UFC for every Ronda Rousey that becomes a millionaire, there's a lot of people that are just scraping by. Right, they're hoping that they can become the next Ronda Rousey or the next Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And in pole vaulting, I mean, here's the unfortunate thing: listening to this podcast right now, how many of our our, our uh, audience recognizes the names Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor? But if I say, "Hey, man, Chris Pillow got third, eighteen six and a half," they won't know his name. You, you know what I mean? Which is sad. I mean, I, I know who Chris Pillow is. You know, he jumped at Rice University. His coach, David Butler, is, is a great coach. And, and that guy does a great job and hopefully continues to grow and develop in this sport and, and does what it takes to get to that next level. But the thing is, most of our audience doesn't even know some of these names. Yeah. You know, and so th- my thing is, like, going off of what you said, Steve, is like, yes, okay, there's not, like, this big payday in pole vaulting, unless you're, like, world record holder right. or something yeah. like that. But, like... Why, why, why do we not see that passion in our sport like I see in some others? I, I'll use another sport, CrossFit. CrossFit is growing. Why are those people so passionate about CrossFit? And people are willing to go train, you know, five days a week at a CrossFit gym. But in pole vaulting, it seems like there's people that are unwilling to try to find a location to jump at and really put their time in, you know? I mean, what, what do you think? Because we were talking today about jobs and, like, passion and, you know – like talk about your your example with your major now. Like you yeah. just switched to exercise science, and maybe some of the reservations you had in choosing that. So uh, freshman year, I I went in as an electrical engineering major, and I like was doing well in like the courses and everything, but I was just not happy with what I was doing, and I just like took the time between like spring semester and fall semester to reassess myself and understand what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was actually uh, like learn about more about the sport and how the science works. And that's what really like got me out of like the, the rut that I was in like in freshman year. Like a lot of people 
for example, like don't know what to do when they come out of high school because like you're so pressured into growing up so fast that like no one actually guides you that way. So you have to figure everything for yourself. And for me, like I believe that like a strong like mentor for me was Bronco, for example, and <laughs> and which which allowed me to like understand who I am as a person and it allowed me to like really know what I wanted to do and which is exercise science because I just find it so fascinating. Well, wait, wait, Steve. Yeah. Electrical engineers make a lot more money than strength and yeah, conditioning coaches. That's true. <laughs> but it's it's not all about the money. It's about how happy you are in life. Because, like, all right, of course you're going to make a lot of money if you, like, get a good job for electrical engineering. Like, but in the long run, if you're, like, you have enough money and you're doing well for yourself, but, like, you don't like the things that you're doing at your job, like, why would you put yourself in that situation? Why wouldn't you, like, do something that you want to do? Yeah, and we were talking about this today. It's, like, it blows my mind because, like, all right, it's no secret. I'm not wealthy, all right? Yeah. But I love what I do. Like, I, I you know, I, I've said a couple times this year, like, I feel so fortunate that I wake up every morning and I get to coach athletes, you know, whether it's sprints and jumps at Ramapo or pole vault at my pole vault club. And I, I remember even this fall being in, in the weight room with my sprinter, Mariah Blanton, and just being like, Mariah, I'm at work. Us squatting in the squat rack, this is work for me. Like, that's crazy to me. And I'm, I'm so happy. I feel very lucky. And not that everything's perfect in my life. And not that every morning I wake up like super excited to coach everybody. Some, some days I have bad days. But I, I look sometimes at other people who are maybe making six figures and they have like what's considered the the right job and they have a family and it's like they're, they're miserable. Yeah, they're miserable. They're dragging. Mm -hmm. So kind of <laughs> bringing it back to pole vault, it's like I, I feel like sometimes people let go of that pole vault dream before they really need to. And mm -hmm. and it's wild. I, Craig just left, um, you know, but I, I got some some funny like text messages and uh, questions about Craig. They're like, oh, Craig just had the baby. Like, so he's going to stop pole vaulting, right? Hell no. No. I mean, he, he hasn't missed the practice. He hasn't missed the practice. And, and it's, that doesn't make him a bad dad. In fact, I think it makes him a better dad because he can show his daughter mm -hmm. as she's getting older, how dedicated and passionate of a person he is. And that will hopefully overlap and make her a passionate person as well. And, and the thing is like, look, if he wasn't pole vaulting right now, Right. Like, let's say tw twice a week he didn't pull ball and then he didn't do a workout like, you know, one or two times the rest of the week. And he just sat at home miserable in front of the TV. Yeah. Or if he just went out with his drinking buddies, would that be better? That'd be more socially acceptable. But I don't think that would be better. And that's why I, you know, I and this is like I want to do this podcast so bad. And we almost didn't do it tonight. But I'm so glad because you can see through this conversation like this is the stuff that people need to hear. You know, if you have that pole vault dream, why stop? You know, why stop? I, I've known people who are literally inches away from USAs, and they're like, you know what? I'm not good enough. I need to stop. Who is good enough then? Yeah. 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 Like, what, what would be good enough? You know what I mean? Because I feel like every dude on this list, look, Derek Hinch placed 14th, jumped 17, four and a half. And I'm sure the guys that, that know heighted, Riley Richards know heighted, Levi Keller know heighted, Jeffrey Rodriguez know heighted. Guess what? All these guys in this list... They're good enough to keep pole vaulting? Hell yeah. Because you never know, right? Like, 
Derek Hinch, he jumps 17, four and a half. Who knows? Maybe another year in, he ends up being the next 18, six, 18, eight guy. Maybe even cracks 19 feet. You don't know who's going to be the next big right. guy because you, you don't know what can happen in a year of training, yeah. you know? So it's like, I, I feel like if you are passionate and you want to go after it, go after it. Yeah. And look, let's face it. You're not going to be able to be 50 years old and decide, oh, now I want to try to go to USA's, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny, just to go back to you, Steve, like, you know, we talked about how, like, you felt like, you know, where, where did pressure to, let's say, be an electrical engineer or do something like that come from? Like, where do you feel those pressures came from? Well, especially for, for like, coming from a, an immigrant background or from an immigrant family, for example. My parents came from China uh, at the age of 18 and 19. And their focus was mainly survival and to make as much money as possible for us. Yeah, so, yeah. so they could they, provide a home yeah. and, and, and a living and food and shelter, yeah. Yeah, so, so their ideology like, reflected on me. Like, they made sure that I knew that I had to make money. And like, all that pressure, like, even though that since they weren't like, home all the time, I, I could feel the pressure. Like, mm-hmm. Every time I chose to do like an activity like an after school activity or anything like I had to be the best at it or else like I would fail fail them as like a child yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no and 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 I feel that too like we were kind of talking about it earlier today and and you know Calvin chime in whenever you want cuz you know we can talk about what your plans are after college but like I know even to this day like I told you if I, to this day, if I went up to my parents, I'm 36 year old. 36 years old. I've been coaching the club since 2007 and went full time LLC in 2010. If tonight I called my parents up and I said, "Hey, not going to coach anymore. Going to go get a regular job," they'd probably jump for joy. I'm not lying, but but they've come to understand that this is my world. This is my life. And the thing is, like, I have to live this life for me. I can't live it for them. And it, and they've come to realize, as we were talking about in your situation, like your parents, that I'm not disrespecting them by doing what I'm doing. I'm just passionate about something. I'm happy. And I, I'm a hard worker. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Maybe I'm not going to make six figures or whatever. I'm not going to be driving a, a Benz around or something like that. But I have other riches. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, Calvin, what do you, what do you think? Because you, you're, you're at a kind of crossroads. You're graduating college right now. What what did you major in going in? What was the plan as a freshman? And what, what are some of your thoughts now? Well, you know what? Going into college, before I even start on that, I mean, I, I want to touch on the whole parents thing a little yeah. bit because I think you guys bring up a good point. I mean, both of you have immigrant backgrounds. Yeah, both yeah, your yeah. parents are immigrant backgrounds. Bronco, yours are from Serbia. Yeah, I'm China, Serbian. Savior. Shout out to Ivana Spanovic. She won long jump in European championships. Gorgeous woman, too. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Now, neither of my parents are immigrants, but, I mean, I've had kind of a slightly different background growing up. My dad is an art teacher, and my mom aspires to be an actress, and I, I admire that they both kind of followed their dreams. You know, my dad, obviously my family's not very wealthy either, and, and my dad doesn't make a whole lot of money, but he loves what he does, you know. He wakes up at, like, 4.30 every morning, goes out in the studio, paints for an hour and a half, and then goes to work for the whole day, and then comes home and sees his wife and kids, and I think that's respectable. And I don't know what kind of a father he would be if he told me to follow my dream and didn't do it himself. So I had a different background growing up, but I appreciate it just the same. And I think it's important, you know, when, when your parents tell you to follow your dream and they do it themselves, it, it makes a difference for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. that's the only background I've ever had growing up. 
So my whole life I've been told, you know, follow your dream, do whatever you want, you know. They kind of showed me that it doesn't matter, you know, how much money you make. They're both very happy, and, mm-hmm. and that's how I want to live my life. And, and I went into college um, not sure what I wanted to do, you know. And we, we were talking about that earlier today. It's like you're like such a kid, right? Yeah. Like the way oh, our society is in America, it's like you go through grammar school and high school and you're playing video games, picking yeah. your nose, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden senior year, they're like, hey. You got to be an adult tomorrow, out. like pick your major, you know? Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's definitely how I felt all of college. You know, I, I came in, I went to Ramapo mainly because I wanted to pole vault, you know, and that's all I knew. I, I wasn't a great student in high school and I really didn't have that much direction and I didn't, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And the one thing I knew I wanted to do was pole vault and, and my parents were supportive and I kind of just followed my heart and and went to Ramapo and hoped things would work out. And I went in with a criminology major because I watched a lot of cop shows. And thought, <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> but, Calvin wanted to be that guy busting out the door. <laughs> I mean, the more classes I took and the more I learned, I just realized I wasn't really cut out for that. And, uh, you know, the one passion that kind of grew on me while I've been at Ramapo is is strength and conditioning and I've kind of fell in love with it and fell in love with the process and watching people grow and I myself have grown and learned a lot. Yeah, he grew from 150 pounds to 190. (laughs) (laughs) All in the belly. It's not the freshman 15. But uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it and it changed me as a person and I watched teammates grow from it and, and it's something that's changed my life and it's something that I want to continue following and I kind of feel like like I'm a senior in high school again, you know, I think the world is a big, scary place and it's okay to not really know what you want to do. But I know that I love strength and conditioning and I know that I'm pretty good at coaching people through that. And and I want to, I want to give it a shot after college. I'm going to open my own business and, and coach teams and coach people who want to come in and learn a little bit about strength and conditioning. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's great. And I think, you know, like you said, it is scary. Right. It's scary. I can imagine when mm-hmm. Steve like went to tell his parents that he was going to major in exercise science instead of engineering. Yeah. That was scary. You know, even for you, like thinking about doing strength and conditioning and starting your own business is scary. Right. Oh, yeah. so it's like, am I going to make any money? Yeah. You know, will I be living out of Bronco's pickup truck? You know, like, <laughs> what, what is going to happen? You know, so you like it, it is scary. But the thing is, regret mm-hmm. is way worse in my mind. Right. I agree. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't want to be like 10, 20 years down the road and be like, oh, what if I tried that? You know, yeah. what if I tried that? You'd rather find out. Like, I know for me, I, I always tell Calvin all the time, Steve, it's like with the club, it's like, let's say tomorrow the club fell apart. Right. Like the business fell apart and I had to give it up. I would still years later look back and smile knowing that I gave it my best shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was something we were even talking today about. Um, you know, it could be pole vaulting. Right. When you know you're doing everything the right way and you're trying your best, even in a failure, you you're can hold your head up that, high. Dude. You know, you yeah. did everything you possibly could have, you know, and that that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, that we're saying with post-collegiate vaulters kind of to bring that back into the conversation. It's like if you have that dream and you have that ability, and clearly everybody that we're going to mention at USA's right now or this Division One Nationals, they have the ability. And if you have that dream and you want to be an Olympic champion or you want to make it to the Olympics, dude, go for it. Go for it. What else is better? What else is better? Sitting in a cubicle? Like, I don't, I don't get it, man. To me, it's like, go after it. I mean, 
I'm a little bit jealous almost, right? Yeah. Because I don't have that athletic frame or build. Like, you know, I, I'm not a super good athlete. Like, I have to bust my butt for every pound that I put up in the weights yeah. and for every inch that I, that I get over a bar. And so it's like, I, I would love, I would jump at the opportunity, you know? So it's just, I, I you know, I hope that if people are listening to this podcast, they kind of get that idea. Like, if this is really a dream for you, go for it. You know, yeah, and and here's the other thing. T- uh, today we had somebody visit um, the club who's in college. He's a freshman. He, he only jumped ten feet in high school, right? Uh, Scott Catlett stopped by. You know, the thing is, we were talking about how you know pole vault or anything you do is really just a vehicle for life, mm-hmm. how to live life. And I said to Scott, I was like, you know, it's funny. You jumped ten feet. A lot of people could look at your time as a vaulter in high school and be like, why'd you waste your time? Right. Everybody wants to talk about why'd you waste your time. But the thing is, he learned so many valuable life lessons right. through Povol. And what was funny, he came in today and his teammates, former teammate Max, who's only a sophomore, who actually has a lot of potential in the Povol. Scott helped teach that kid how to Povol, you know, and the skills that he had coming into the club are so high because Scott was there. And so, you know, let's say Max jumps whatever. He becomes a state champion in New yeah. Jersey. Scott Cano, he had a he had a little bit of influence there. You know what I mean? He he started that kid off, you know? Like Scott even joked to me, he's like, listen, anything he jumps, that's that's me. Put me <laughs> on the website. <laughs> well yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned that. You know, you're always saying that pole vault is just a vehicle for life. And it is in a way, you know, like I don't I the reason I, you know, work hard and, and bust my butt in college and even in high school is I don't want to look back and have regrets. You know, I don't want to when I'm fifty look back and be like Maybe I could have jumped higher, you know. I want to look back and be like, I gave it my all, and whatever I jumped at the end of the day is whatever I jumped, and I'm content mm. with that. I don't think it's wasting time. I, yeah. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Exactly. And I think it transfers over to yeah, life, la- too. Yeah, and later in life, look, you could always say, look, if Bronco wasn't my coach, I clearly would have jumped a lot better. You know, like, so, so that's like my handicap. You know? <laughs> that's something to fall back on. <laughs> No, but go ahead. I'm sorry. You were making a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and it's like me opening a gym or, you know, whatever Steve wants to do with his exercise uh, mm-hmm. science degree. You know, why not make that leap of faith? And and you never want to have regrets. You know, I don't want to be 50 and look back and say, man, you know, I wish I'd tried to open a gym after college because now I'm 50 and work in a cubicle and hate my job and it's too late. You know, I have a yeah. wife and kids and I can't really go back on that. But Yeah. You know. and, and by the way, I know it sounds like we're hating on office jobs. If you love your office <laughs> yeah. job, that is great. Yeah, yeah. And for those people it's who, not for everybody, yeah, yeah. And and I'll say another thing: those people who have families that they have to work hard to support their family, that's an honorable, noble thing. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to knock that, but we're we're talking about something something else. No, yeah, we're talking about going for your dream. You know, yeah. if you have a dream and you don't have responsibilities, like why not? What else is there in life? You know, you need something. Yeah, um, I, I'd hate to not mention the women's results in USA's because we, we just went on a long yeah, diatribe. Yeah, so let's let's go to the women. Um, first of all, big shocker. Do you guys know who didn't go to USA Nationals? No, Steve's not aware. Calvin, do you know who didn't show up to USA Nationals? Does her name rhyme with Jen Sher? Oh, wow. it, it's Jen Sher. Yeah, <laughs> um, Jen Sher did not go to USA Nationals. Seems like there's some controversy. That's some crazy. people were thinking about like. Uh, the competition field, how big it was, they don't want to wait. And then Jen came out with a statement saying it was about safety because they had to jump in the rain and outdoors. Mm-hmm. But this was the indoor national championship. There's no rain indoors. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, look, I don't know what Jen and, and Rick are dealing with or whatever. Um, I'm sure they made the best decision for them. 
Um, but they weren't there. I I agree. She's she's our national record holder, indoor world record holder, and it would be great to see her and Sandy go at it because I actually like man. I felt so bad for Jen. She got horribly sick at the Olympics this summer, and you could see it like when I was watching it live on the web feed. um, To be honest, right? So it's like the the feed started while I was at practice. Uh So I started on my laptop, and then practice was over. And so I like drove with my laptop on and the feed on. I would kind of <laughs> glance at red lights, you know, until I got home. But you could tell that she was not at 100%. And I really wanted to see her compete with those girls. And it was unfortunate. And here's another chance for her to Sandy to kind of square off. And we, we didn't get to see that. <clears throat> that being said, um, let's go through like the top three. We got Sandy Morris, jumped 15-5, wins the meet. She's our USA Indoor National Champion. Um, Katie Najat. Awesome, awesome day. She jumps 15-3, a PR. She gets second and a really good look at 15-5. Anybody who's on social media and follows Katie, you got to check out that jump. She had lots of hip height over 15-5. Yeah, she just nicked it on the way down. Yeah, just nicked it. She, she had it. And then third was Mary Saxer, 15-3. I mean, like I said with the Katie podcast, I always feel like Mary, it's like any day now she's going to jump 16 feet. So that's our top three, a really strong top three field. Um, and you can see the, these these uh, post-collegiate athletes, unattached athletes, professional vaulters, they're, they're a little bit higher level than the women's division one. The women's division one is not at the level of this. Um, and then, yeah, you had, you had a field of 13 there. Um, I guess I'll read the names off. Courtney Ross, she jumped 15-1. Uh, Kristen Brown, 14-11. Megan Clark. Um, 14-11, Morgan Lelou, 14-11, Allison Corsell, 14-5 and a quarter, then Jacqueline William, 14-5 and a quarter, Sydney Clute, 13-11 and a quarter, Kristen Hickson at 13-11 and a quarter, Kayla Caldwell, 13-11 and a quarter, and then Carolina Carmichael um, ended up no hiding. But anyway, so th- those are the girls. And again, these are all females. Everybody that I read, even Carolina Carmichael, I know she had a rough day, she no hided. These are all women that are very capable of having those Olympic quality marks, you know, and so, you know, I commend all of them just being at USA Nationals and, and keeping it going. Um, you know, it, it's great, great to see a field like this. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago where it's like, if you, if you were just jumping like around 15, 1, 14, 11, you could, you could win this meet and women's pole ball has come so far that this is how competitive it is. It's, it's amazing to see. Um, so th- that's the division one nationals. That's the USA Nationals. And now, one thing we got to talk about with high school nationals. Does anybody remember what the winning bar was for the boys' side? Man, it was like 12 feet, wasn't it? At least. I think at least somebody <laughs> jumped 12. At least 12. On the boys' side. On the boys' side. Uh, 19-1 yeah. for Mondo Duplantis. Now, first of all, I want to say... Not crazy because the dude jumped 18, 10, and three quarters a couple weeks ago. So if you didn't see this coming, like you're obviously not paying attention, right? <laughs> I, I, I joked with somebody uh, today earlier. It's like, Calvin, your, your PR is 59. Imagine if we're going to conference championships and the, and the guy in second seed uh, was like at 15, seven. And we're like, ah, oh, that's easy. We're going to win this easy. He's nowhere near us. And then he jumped no, 19. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he jumped no, no, no. 15, nine, 16. It's a couple inches away from yeah, him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, so it's like, you know, you knew it was a matter of time for Mondo to jump this 19-foot bar, but what an awesome thing. He's got the under-20 uh, world record. 
Um, he obviously has the indoor high school record. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my God. How, how crazy about this? The next two jumps were 17 1. Second and third were 17 1. And I remember like years ago, it's like there was like four or five guys that jumped 17 over 17 1 at high school nationals. Everybody's like, oh my God, what an amazing field. And now it's, it just blows them up. Yeah, wow. he's two feet above them. It's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Um, and he looked great. He looked great. And I don't know if this is true. This is allegedly, I saw on Facebook that he was gripping 16 3 on a 16 5, 195. That's a big Jeez, pole, man, for yeah. a high school kid. Which there's no way he weighs 192. He's no. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Above his yeah, 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 yeah. That that pole's got to be like 40 pounds above his weight. If that, if those are the real numbers, here's the scary thing. If those are the real numbers, what can he do when he? Sam Kendrick's not gripping that high. How does Sam get his grip up? You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. yeah. I mean, if Sam were gripping that, woo, that would be a big jump, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's Mondo's run a little bit more efficient yeah. than Sam's. Yeah, I think Mondo has a great run. And, I mean, his dad was known for being super fast too. So, I mean, just what a stud. And um, it was it was funny because um, I was talking to Chris Chappell. And he's like – Chris was like, ah, man, you know, everybody's wondering. He's like, is this kid going to get burnt out? Burned out? Yeah. That would have happened already. He's been jumping since he was like five years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think so. I think this kid's like an assassin. You know what I mean? Like I always use that term at the club. You know, we we get sometimes like I have this like little eighth grade girl, Sophia, and I always tell people like she's an assassin. I mean, this girl came in in August. She started weight training by the second week. She weighs 95 pounds. She's deadlifted 170. When you have people like that, they're assassins. Uh, they don't get burnt out. They just like keep getting a new target. So yeah. he he probably already he jumped nineteen one. He's probably like, Dad, what do you think? Six meters when we get <laughs> oh, in that yeah. one. You know, he's already probably moved on. You know, which which is amazing to see. Um, hopefully, some someday we can get you know Mondo or a couple of these guys on here that we can talk to them, see what their their yeah. psychological yeah. Uh, input is on this stuff. But amazing, amazing jump. So you think about that. I mean. Mondo's on a tear, man, and he's only a high school junior. Now, here's, and I brought this up at practice. What do you guys think about this? What about the guy that's jumping right now that's maybe jumping like 17 feet, and he's like, damn, a high school junior jumped 19? I should give up. I'm so far behind. What do you think about that? I think Mondo has a lot more training years under his belt than that 17-10 guy. 17, 17, 10, whatever yeah. the number is, something less than Mondo. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people haven't been jumping as long as Mondo has. That would, that would be one thing. Steve? I think that, like, it, it will deter them for, like... No, I, I agree. It will deter some people, but what do you think about that? Should people let stuff like that deter them? I don't think it should, but in reality, it, it will, I yeah. feel like. I think it should motivate them. Yeah, but, like... If they're if they see that like huge gap and that like age gap as well, I feel like people will like not want to they they will give up or something. Well, yeah. right, because I think a lot of people look at it like, oh, well, this kid jumped nineteen by 17, 17 years of age. I you know I'm over here twenty five, twenty six years old. Yeah, like, like I would have done it by now, you know. And I don't think that's the right attitude, you know. Not, yeah. I I think one like like Calvin's bringing up. You weren't in that situation. Your dad maybe wasn't a 19-footer. You didn't jump since you were five. And and the thing is, you should always anyway, 
at any level, and this is a life thing again, mm-hmm. you know, talking about pole vault as a, a vehicle for life, you you shouldn't necessarily just compare yourself to others. It's good sometimes, yeah, yeah. right? Sometimes it's good for a comparison just to see, like, am I working hard enough? But at the end of the day, you're competing against yourself. You're trying to make oh, yourself yeah. better. And and that's the thing. If, if your dream was to jump 18 feet, don't get bummed out that Mondo jumped 19. Mm-hmm. Like, like Calvin said, use that as motivation. That, that's the way I think people have to see it, which kind of brings me into this other conversation that I wanted to bring up because I, I brought up Chris Chappell talking about Mondo maybe getting burnt out. And we're talking about passion and drive. And one of the things that I, I felt like I was talking to Chris, I was like, look, like, I think pole vaulters need to be a little bit tougher. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying tougher on the runway or don't run through or whatever. I'm not talking about that. Like, we're, what we're talking right now, like chasing your dream and being passionate, you got to be tough to chase your dream. You, you got to be able to like listen to people that tell you to stop doing what you're doing and be, be tough enough to be like, no, nah, I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Because the, um, he, was, he brought up Vitaly Petrov, who, if you don't know, you should, um, Sergei Bupka's coach, mm-hmm. right? And he also coached De Silva this summer. Yeah to Olympic gold, beat Renola Villainy. Mm-hmm. Like, Vitaly Petrov, man, what a stud coach. <laughs> them in the water there. Yeah, yeah, like, that guy's system works, I think. Oh, he he yeah. knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, we were talking about Vitaly Petrov, and it's, like, one of those things, like, I've, and I've heard from athletes that have worked with him, where the thing is, if you're not up to snuff, like, if you're, you're working out with him and you're not getting some technical thing, and he gives you time, like, a couple months or something mm-hmm. like that, and you're just not getting it, like, like, let's say your bottom hand. You can't have your bottom hand underneath the pole in the carry with your wrist back, your elbow down. If you can't do that, I've heard he, like, taps me and say, hey, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. You're like, That's what? It. You have five athletes. Yeah. So he's like, and not that he doesn't have time. It's like he doesn't have time it. for you. Yeah, yeah that's not, not worth, worth it. it. You know, and, like, that's the thing. Like, we have to get that kind of toughness where it's like, I'm going to make it worth it. I'm going to push yeah. through. I'm going to figure this stuff out. I can't stand there and be like, well, I can't fix this part of my jump. Or I just can't get stronger. I just can't get any faster. got to be open to change. Yeah, open to change and open to keep working and pushing through, you know? Um, that, I mean, I, I think look at even, like, again, the results of these nationals. There's clearly people on, the, on these lists that have done well that you know they put in a little extra you know, yeah. a little bit extra, yeah. and they push through, you know. Um, especially, I would look at older athletes. Like, look at a Mary Saxer. You know, she's been jumping a long time, man. She placed third. She bounced back after the heart loss of not making the Olympic team, and she bounced back, and she placed third this indoors. That's awesome, man. That's a fighter. That's someone who's staying tough, you know. I mean, and I don't know her personally. I haven't talked to her, you know, but I'm sure she, she would talk about things like that if she was on the podcast. So, I mean, Mary, you know. You're listening anytime to the <laughs> podcast, um, but you know that that that's crazy. You know, um, I mean, what what do you guys think about that? Like, I've Calvin, I've told you stories about Vitaly Petrov, how how he kind of gets rid of athletes who aren't up to snuff, or even like like Chris Chappell was talking about, like if you're injured too often, it's like sorry, then you're just not good enough. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that you're not a good enough person. It's just that you're not up to his standards and you're obviously not going to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. So got to hit the road or figure it out one or the other. Yeah. And it's funny you bring up the word standard, you know, and I think that's an important thing, right? Like we all should have standards clearly for Vitaly Petrov. And this is not a standard that every coach should have, but he doesn't care about a County championship. He doesn't care about a state championship. He certainly doesn't care about a college conference championship. He doesn't even care about D one nationals. 
There's probably two things on that dude's mind. World record, Olympic gold. That's it. And it's like, to him, he's like, listen, if you can't do this workout, then we're not going to get those those goals. So we got to part. Yeah, he our, makes a decision early. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, again, I wouldn't recommend that for every coach out there. I mean, like, I'm coaching a high school club. If I did that to everybody who walked in, I'm like, listen, I don't think you can break the world record. You got to go. I would not have very many athletes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have any athletes. <laughs> um, but, but the standard thing, I think, is important. You have to hold yourself to a standard if you really want to achieve some some high goals, you know? Yeah. Um, Steve, what do, you, what do you think? Like, what... What are some standards that are important to you as an athlete that trains and, um, you know, I mean, what, what's your PR first of all, tell people okay. your PR and talk about like how you kind of set those goals and set standards for yourself. Okay. So when I first started pole vaulting, I, in freshman year of high school, I was eight feet, I had eight feet PR. And then as I learned that like, uh, of apex vaulting, I began to like start practicing there and then I Sophomore year, I got 10-6, and then junior year, I got 12, and then senior year, I got 12-6. So, I felt like we could have got a little bit higher, but yeah, Steve was a little stressed with what we were talking about earlier, deciding what he wanted to do with college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now, in uh, freshman year of college, I got 13-3, so I, I definitely PR'd so much. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and now, like, I, right now, I took the year off for uh, second year of uh, college, to reassess myself and make sure, like, if is is this what I really want to do? And I realized that, and I think, I think that like, I can definitely become an athlete where this, like, I hold myself higher now because I make sure that every time I do like anything related to pole vault or anything in general, that I reflect on it and make sure I learn from anything that I do. And be open to, like, for information to come in and, like, make sure that I know everything that I, like, have to do for the next time. Yeah, just to kind of elaborate on what you're saying, like, you know, reflecting and grading yourself is important. Did I do a good job? You know, is there something I could have done better? Mm -hmm. That's very important. And I think also, like what you said, like, understanding that you do have higher standards. You know, I'm sure when you initially started pole vaulting, I, I could tell, you know, you were the type of kid that you're like, wow, you know, Bronco, like you keep talking about this 13 number. I think that's really high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now that you've jumped it, you're like, oh, I man, like, higher. yeah, I can, I can go higher. And it and it's funny, like right now I'm coaching um, Aaron Pecci yeah. and um, he's very fortunate. His older brother, Anaya Pecci, started coming to the club years ago. And um, when Anaya, his older brother, was jumping for me, he doubted too. He didn't think he could jump high. And he actually ended up jumping 13-6 with 12-3 grip. Um, and now Aaron has already jumped 13 with very little training with me. And I know he's going to kind of – he's probably most likely, I can't predict the future, yeah, yeah. going to surpass his brother. But I was talking to Anaya and saying, Anaya, you already are the trailblazer. You've shown your brother what's possible, and that's why he's achieving these goals. You know what I mean? And I think that that's part of the battle is, one, realizing what is possible, you know, and then holding that, that higher right. standard. Yeah. But that's interesting you mentioned that. Going back to Mondo for a minute, he's had the trailblaze for him, too. I mean, his dad was a 19-footer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His brother jumped, what, over 17 feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting point you bring up, but just bringing it back to Mondo, I mean, 
kind of similar situation. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. He knows what is possible. He you know? knows he can at least jump 19, and you know, hopefully he jumps higher and, and realizes he can surpass his father, but he definitely realized that he, he could do it you know, early on. Well, well and, and it's funny. Like me, obviously, like I don't come from a very athletic family. Like, my parents didn't do sports. Like My dad played a little bit of soccer or whatever. Um, but uh, when I was in high school, it was like our school record – at Garfield High School, um, is 13-6. And I remember going into my senior year telling one of the coaches, like, I want to break that record. Now I didn't. Uh, I was not a very good high school uh, vaulter. Uh, I only jumped 10-6. But um, I remember people saying, wow, you know, Bronco, I don't think you realize how high 13-6 is. Like, maybe you should set a more realistic goal. And the thing is, like, I didn't have the means in high school, right? Like, my school, we had four poles, a 14-150, a 14-150, a 14-150, and then if those didn't work, we had a brand new 14-150. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know why we ended up with four 14-150s, but that's what we had. We also still had a dirt track. Um, we had to take the mats in and out, and we didn't have a pole vault coach. So I didn't necessarily have the means to achieve my goals, but I was like, I always knew. I was like, this is definitely possible. Like, I could have jumped higher, which since I began coaching, I jumped 14 feet. Um but I think when everyone around you is telling you that that's so hard, that's so high, whatever the case may be, right? Like it could be like, you could be the first one in your family to go to college and people in your family are like, are you crazy? Like we don't do that in this yeah. family. You know, college is hard, you know? And so it's like, it helps when there's people ahead of you. Um, but, you know, hopefully people listening to this podcast get the idea that it's like, even if you don't have someone in front of you, even if you didn't have a trailblazer, you can do it. Yeah. You can push and achieve goals that no one in the world would think you would do. I mean, when women first began vaulting, there were no trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and think about it. If you would have said back then in like the 90s, like, listen, man, somebody's going to jump 16, 7. They'd be like, please. Yeah. 13, 14 is super high. You know what I mean? And now the world record's 16, 7 by Yelena Zimbaeva. You know, so it's like, it, it can happen. You don't even know what the possibilities are. I mean, right now, who knows what's the potential for pole vault yeah. with the world records, women's or males? You know what I mean? I, people always said, like, they thought Bupka could have jumped 21 feet. Can a dude go 22? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It all, it all depends. It's crazy. We need a LeBron James sport. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, what could that guy pole vault? That, oh, would, yeah. that would be insane, right? Um, but so it, it's just interesting. I, I just... I just hope people don't limit themselves and really go after their dreams. You know, I mean, that's, that's, I think the biggest thing that I'm trying to get across in this podcast, uh, reflecting on nationals this past weekend, you know, cause even, you know, even at D3 nationals, you know, there were some, some good marks. Um, you know, you had, is it Luke Winder? Yeah. yeah. Luke Winder or Winder. Is it Winder or Winder? I always mess that. I apologize guys. Um, I think it's Winder. Luke Winder, you know, he jumped uh, 17 one easily. Um, he wasn't really chased. So, you know, his PR is over 550. And then uh, Kat Pittman of Ithaca ended up doing a meet record. Uh, she's also jumped 14 feet this year. She jumped a meet record, which was, I think, 13.8 and a quarter or something. Um, you know, some good performances. But who would have thought that? I mean, Kat Pittman's a great story. The girl didn't even pull vault, so she got to college, and now look at her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who would who would have thought that? But if you went up to her the first day she's pole vault, and you said, listen, you're, it's too late. You can't learn this sport. It takes a long time. Like, you should just not do this. Imagine, we wouldn't have had this national champ this past weekend that put yeah. up this great mark, you know? Um, so, I, I don't know. I, 
again, amazing results this past weekend. I think pole vault is popping. This stuff is hot. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of great things going on, a lot of great stories. Um, hopefully, we're all following and keeping up, um, and hopefully, it, it motivates us all to work harder. Um, Calvin, Steve, any, any parting words? It's getting late. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I mean, I just think the thing to take away from this podcast is, is follow your dream. You know, like, if anyone's a good example of it, it's Bronco. You know, he, he's built mm-hmm. this club from the ground up, and, you know, I've never seen anyone as happy as he is to come in and do what he loves, and that's respectable, and I think it, it touches all of us in, in a unique way, and, you know, we're all better people because of it. And, you know, if one person listening to this podcast follows their dream, you can make a difference of, of a lot of people. So. Yeah, Cal- Calvin's just trying to make me blush. It's crazy. <laughs> I just want to go up grip. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get grip. You just compliment me, <laughs> Steve. Uh, I want to say like, so everyone should like understand what they want to do in life, and you can't you you can do that, but also you gotta make sure that you take those smaller steps to in order in order to make sure that success happens. You gotta not be afraid to fall, uh, fail, and learn yeah. from those mistakes. And like, I I've seen it in my my personal life because like it it definitely like I don't know <laughs> it's too much to go into. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think we get what you're saying, yeah. Steve. You know, you can't be afraid to fail. Go after what you want. Take the take those small steps towards your goal. Yeah. Right. Like even when I started the club, I a hundred kids didn't show up at the door the yeah. first day. You know, I had a couple of athletes, about five. I bought a couple poles, and we slowly, you know, built the club like that. And it, it takes time. Anything great takes time. I mean, even to go back to Mondo, like Calvin brings up. You know, he jumped nineteen one this weekend. He didn't just start pole vaulting last week. You know, yeah. this, is, this has been a long journey, you yeah. know. I think we just all are excited because he's only 17 years old, but he's been working at this a long time, and he deserves what he gets, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think if you take that, you know, you take those steps, you work hard and you're patient enough, you, you'll be surprised at the results that you can get um, in life. So um, thanks for you guys being on, and uh, thanks for everybody listening. Uh, hope to hope to have uh, people it's listening soon. All right? Bye.